spoke earlier today is a message I preached back during uh, the time of the, the, the COVID. We were only on Sermon Audio, and I know that a lot of folks didn't have access to Sermon Audio or what have you, so I wanted to bring this again today in a, in a setting where all of the church family are gathered together. It's a message I pray that would really make people think. Thinking about our life and our death. You know, as we have looked over the last years, last couple of years, we've seen a lot of folks that have gone on to be with the Lord. We have seen those that have died and have departed this life without the hope of a home in heaven. That's one of the saddest things that I can even imagine today. Is not having the security of your long home being in a place called heaven. And even today as we are gathered in this house, actually who knows what tomorrow holds. Who knows what a year may hold in the life of any one of us. The one thing I want us to remember and to realize is that death is no respecter of persons. It comes to the rich and it comes to the poor. It comes to those that are sick and that's what we expect. But it also comes to those who are full of life who are full of youth, who are full of power. But the one thing that the individual has no power over, the individual has absolutely no power over death. There's things that are going to transpire in one's life that we can't understand from time to time. I spoke some years ago about a dear friend of mine who seemed to be at the top of life. He was one of these men that that uh, hiked the mountains, I mean Denali and all these other great mountains. This man was a man that was uh, always in the gym. This man was a CEO of a hospital, two, two or three different hospitals as a matter of fact. And even the day that he died, he was right in the hospital. There were doctors all around this man. Heart doctors, lung doctors, I mean everybody, anybody that you could imagine, he was there. And regardless of the fact of where he was at and what he was and who he was, they could not stop death from coming. This man was a, was a man that I remember one time when I was in the hospital, he came and he visited me and, and the nurses around, uh, uh, immediately they, they saw this man and they said, who, who is this guy? Talking about me that the CEO of the hospital would come and pay a visit. 
The man had everything in the world going for him. One thing I was thankful for, that he was saved by the grace of God. And I knew that. As a matter of fact, he was a member of the New Hope Baptist Church at South Shore. But this man, regardless of all the accolades that were laid upon him, regardless of all that he had done in life, he could not stay dead. In Ecclesiastes chapter 8, if you'll turn there with me. While you're turning there, I'd like to welcome our radio audience. This is Brother John Lybrook, pastor of the Emmanuel Missionary Baptist Church at Old Town. That's just a side of Greenup County, out of Carter County. You can get to us by taking Route 1 or Route 7. We have a sign on either end of Laurel Road. And there you can find the Emmanuel Baptist Church. We're thankful also that you've taken time today to tune in to WGOH, your portion of God's Word. And I pray today that eyes would be opened, not because of my Word, but because of the Holy Spirit and the Word of God. The Bible says in verse number 1 down through verse 8, Who is as the wise man? And who knoweth the interpretation of a thing? And man's wisdom maketh his face to shine. And the boldness of his face shall be changed. I counsel thee to keep the king's commandment. And that in regard of the oath of God. Be not hasty to go out of his sight. Stand not in an evil thing. For he doth whatsoever pleaseth him. Where the word of the king is, there is power. And who may say unto him, what dost thou? You know, oftentimes I get, the, I get the question, preacher, why did God do this to me? What is the, the answer and it comes down to this one thing. God does whatsoever He wills. And He does for His own honor and for His glory. You know, oftentimes, I, you know, people ask me questions about certain things. And, and the only thing I can say is, you know what, I really don't know. But God has an answer. The Bible says in verse 5, Whoso keepeth the commandments shall feel no evil thing, and a wise man's heart discerneth both time and judgment. And I want you that are here in this house today to stop and listen to that last phrase. A wise man's heart discerneth both time and judgment. It is the fool that have said in his heart, there is no God. I believe also it is a foolish thing to think that somewhere down the road I'll make things right with God. What if that time never comes? 
What if the time never comes for you? And you may be in this house today and you may be sitting under the hearing of this word and your thoughts may be this very hour, one day I know I need to take care of this. I know I need to take care of business as far as salvation is concerned. But what if one day down the road never comes? The Bible says in verse 6, Because to every purpose there is a time and judgment. Therefore the misery of man is great upon him. For he knoweth not which shall be. He knoweth not which shall be. For who can tell him when it shall be? Verse 8 is our text and this is the bulk of our message today. As you said in this house, you could be a young person or all the way up into old age. You may be thinking today that one day, sometime down the road in the future, But the Bible says here, There is no man that hath power over the Spirit to retain the Spirit. Folks, I'll tell you, and I know many of us have said, as it was even voiced this morning by our Sunday school teacher, that there have been many of us that have sat in the room of a person who is dying and going on. There's absolutely no power in man to stop it. And the thing of it is, it's coming to one and all. The Bible says in the book of Hebrews in chapter 9, verse 27, it's appointed unto men once to die. But after this, the judgment. There is no man that hath power over the Spirit to retain the Spirit, neither hath he power in the day of death. And there is no discharge in that war. When the battle of death comes knocking at the door of a human being. There's not one person that has ever been able to stay that time. Neither shall wickedness deliver those that are given to it. I do want to bring a message this morning entitled, No Power to Shut Death's Door. Our most gracious and divine Heavenly Father, Lord, again as we bow before your throne, we thank you so much for the opportunity to come into thy presence. And dear God, to bring our loved ones before you. And Father, today as I've already prayed and I've been praying all morning, dear God, I'm asking that you would open the eyes and the mind of every lost sinner in this house. 
Heavenly Father, I'm praying that even now you would quicken that spirit. That they may truly receive the gift of the gospel. They may know of a fact that even though they have no power over death, they will have a place in home called heaven. And Father, today I'm praying for the lost souls in this house. I'm praying, dear God, that you would open eyes, you would unstop the ears, that they may hear for the very first time of amazing grace. Father, as we have already discussed in our opening, we know that frail humanity has no power when death comes knocking. Many have said down through the years and the ages that they have defeated death or they have defied death. But when true death comes, it is undeniable and it will find its place. Lord, I pray today that you would open their eyes that they may see the judgment that comes thereafter. Lord, I pray that you would open their eyes that they may see the hope of the home in heaven or the display of the awful pains of death in hell. Father, I pray that you will open them up today. That their hearts may be softened. That their minds may be fixed upon thy salvation. Lord, we'll not forget to give you all the praise and honor and glory. For it's in Jesus Christ's name, his sake that I pray. And amen. Emmanuel, to our radio friends and our dear visitors that have gathered in this house today, my prayer is and shall be that all who hear this word may come to terms with the frailty of life. We, contrary to many who think otherwise, are not invincible creatures. One day death will come, and then we will be at our forever abode, wherever that may be. One of two places you will spend eternity. Either in a place called hell or a place known to the redeemed as heaven. There is no middle ground to go to. There is no purgatory. There is no place of non-existence or soul sleep. Today is a day of salvation and if you want to live in the hereafter. And when I say live, I'm talking about eternal life. The salvation that Jesus Christ offers. If you want to be in a place called heaven, then there's only one place and one avenue that you can take. And that's the redemption that's found in the Lord Jesus Christ. 
My question for you today will be, where will you spend eternity? And oftentimes I make this remark, I use the word spend in eternity very liberally and lightly. Simply because you'll never be able to spend eternity. It will always be in existence. To be able to say that you have spent something means that you have used it up and you cannot use up eternity. It will always be there. And if death should come to your temporary home this hour, where would you exist for eternity? That awaits each and every one of us. As we see all around us on a, on a daily basis, humanity is not in control of death or life. So I pray that if you're here today, you're lost, you don't know the Lord Jesus Christ as your Savior, I beseech you, I'm pleading of you, don't turn me off. I'm asking you, I'm pleading with you today to not pay any attention to anything else. Right now, nothing else matters. Right now, there's absolutely nothing that should be distracting you. I don't want you worrying about the children. Listen, I do not worry about the children. I love, I would rather have the children in the house of God and, and moving about and milling about than not to have them at all. Praise God for little children. Don't you worry about those little children. I want you to worry about what God's Word says today. Because friend, I want you to know something. The life in which we now know as the day of grace is going to soon come to an end. The dispensation of grace that Brother Jim spoke of this morning, this morning in his Sunday school hour. That great secret that, that was held for so many years during the Old Testament times is now being revealed unto us in the New Testament day. It's called the day of grace. It's the day of hope. It's the day when, when souls can be saved by the grace of God. So first of all today, I want you to think about this as we have uh, uh, somewhere around 30 minutes left for the radio broadcast. I want you to listen to me. And I want you to think about what's going to be said here today. Nobody likes to talk about death, do they? I mean, if you talk about death, people look at you like you're morbid. But to the redeemed that are saved by the grace of God, death is our is our door into heaven. It's, our, it's the opening up of our eternal abode with the Lord Jesus Christ as our Savior. So the first thing I want us to realize is that death is coming to all of us. The Bible says in verse 1 of, of this text, Who is the wise man? Today, if you're in this house, I want you to, I want you to be a wise man. I want you to, I want you to listen to what's being said here. I want you to be wise, uh, not in your own conceits, not in your own thinking. I want you to be wise unto what God is saying in His Word. 
And he says here, who is as the wise man? And who knoweth the interpretation of a thing? A man's wisdom maketh his face to shine, and the boldness of his face shall be changed. Who is a wise man? Ecclesiastes 8 and 8, the Bible says, There is no man that hath power over the Spirit to retain the Spirit, neither hath he power in the day of death. This is a, this is a, a piece of, uh, of Scripture that you need to really get a hold of. Because many young people today will look at, look at life and they'll think, I've got plenty of time, I'm young and there's nothing that can stop me. Folks, I want you to know something. Death is one of those things that's coming that nobody has power to stop. When it comes knocking at your door, listen, there's nothing that you can do to put a, to put a stop to it. We are given good advice today from God's Word which tells us that when it is our time to go, nothing nor anyone can stop it. That's what God's telling us. The reason why God wants you to know this is because it is necessary and essential that you know that, listen, when it begins to come upon you, you cannot stop it. You know, I lost uh, one of the dearest friends I ever had. I lost this past August. My brother-in-law, Raymond Evans. And you know, Raymond was... Raymond was a man that was, he was a working man. He was a hard working man. And even in the days when he was sick, I mean, he had, he had a lot of health issues. But that man was a hard working man. You know, he was, the day that he died, he was, as a matter of fact, he was laying out a, a, a well box of what he was doing. He had all intentions of finishing that well box. It was his greatest desire to make sure that everybody was secured. I mean, he saw to it that, that, that people around him had security. You'd think that people would have, have power. But when death came knocking that day, Raymond... As, as he had been working, you know, it was a good hot day and everything. Raymond, uh, he, he uh, was right there close to a shade tree, probably from here to, to Brother John away, 10, 12 feet. And all he done was walked over by the shade tree, sat down, and he went to glory. I mean, by all rights, you look at the man, he was a... He was a strong looking man. I mean he was. He was a he was a brute of a man. Big, thick shoulders. He had some health issues. But you know what? You just look at him. He always had that smile. He'd come down and he had a smile usually when he was getting one on you. <laughs> But Raymond was a man that, you know, you look at him, you think he's full of life. But what Raymond didn't know that morning when he got up was that he was going to meet his maker that day. And folks, a lot of times, you know, we look at men and we look at individuals and we think, how in the world? How in the world? That's just like Brother Fousey that I was talking about just a moment ago, Brother Jim Fousey.
And that man, I mean, you would never thought there was anything wrong with that man. This man hiked some of the highest mountains in America. You wouldn't have thought there was a thing wrong with him. But he walked in. He walked from the parking lot into the pavilion over there to the Belfont Center. And he never even made it up to to his office. There in the, the big auditorium there, he collapsed with a massive heart attack. And death was there. And with all the doctors and nurses around that were working with him, they had the, they had the AEDs, they had everything in the world. They had, they had uh, medicine they give to him. You can't stop death when it comes knocking. You may have a doctor. You may have a, a doctor that's been proven to be the, maybe the top doctor in the world. It does not matter when death comes. When death comes to your door, there's absolutely nothing that can stay it. Job 14, the Bible speaks about the fact that, that listen, our days are numbered. It's like a weaver's beam or shuttle. Slide that thing back and forth. That's like our life. When death comes, it's at the end. And there's nothing you can do. In Ecclesiastes chapter 3, I'm going to back up here just a little bit to read this one portion of Scripture. In verse 16 down through verse uh, uh, number 20, The Bible says, And moreover I saw under the sun the place of judgment. That wickedness was there and the place of righteousness, that iniquity was there. And I said in my heart, God shall judge the righteous and the wicked. For there is a time there for every purpose and for every work. And I said in my heart concerning the estate of the sons of men, that God might manifest them and that they might see that they themselves are beasts. You see what I'm saying today? It's, this is God's Word. He wants you to realize that you're just a human being without any power when it comes to death. Just what was it a few weeks ago I mean, I've heard of, of, of the death of several young people here in our, in our tri-state area in the last three weeks. It's been unreal. Folks, I want you to know something. Death's coming. It doesn't matter what age you are. The thing of it is, is to be ready. The thing of it is, is to be prepared because there's coming a day when When that, when that comes knocking at your door, it may be too late. You know, I've heard people say, well, preacher, when, when I get ready to die, I will, I will then trust the Lord. What if you never have that opportunity? What if some, uh, some catastrophic event takes place in your life and there's absolutely no time or nothing 
that you can do to say, Lord, forgive me. What if that time comes and you're sitting in, you're sitting maybe at your place of employment or wherever it may be? I'll never forget a young man's funeral I preached some years ago. There was a catastrophic event took place at his home. And in less than a second, his life was gone. In less than a blink of an eye, he was gone. He didn't even know it. Death's coming. Secondly tonight, or today, one's body will be resurrected as it was planted. You know, as a tree lie, as a tree falleth, so shall it lie. What does that mean? You know, that's an old proverb that people, you know, use all the time. You know, uh, whatever you plant in the ground is going to come up, right? I mean, uh, as a rule, you get around springtime and, and if you want corn, you want sweet corn, you'll put out sweet corn. You want beans, you'll put out beans. Beans are not going to produce the corn and the corn is not going to produce the beans. You see what I'm saying? So also is our life. Listen, I want you to know something. Those that are saved are going to be planted in the likeness. and They're going to be raised in that likeness. So also the lost. The Bible teaches us in, in the book of Luke about the rich man that died. The Bible says he lifted up his eyes being in what? Torment. Why? Was it because he didn't do enough good in his life? That's not what it is. Why did Lazarus go to heaven? It was because, was it because he'd done a lot of good in his life? No, that's not what it was. Lazarus went to heaven because he trusted the Lord as his Savior. The rich man went and died and lifted up his eyes, been in torment in hell because he never received the Lord Jesus Christ as his Savior and death came knocking one day. You think about the rich young fool. And I mean, that's what the Bible calls him. This was a man who had great lands. He had, he had great crops. He had great livestock. I mean, he was one of the top farmers, I would imagine, of the, of the area. He was such a good farmer that he began to began to brag about what he was doing and, and, and how he was doing it. He started looking ahead way out the road there and said, hey, this is what I'm going to do. I'm going to tear down all this stuff and I'm going to build new stuff, bigger and better stuff. God's Word says, as the Lord answered him, thou fool, Tonight thy soul shall be required of thee. And who shall all these things be? And, and, and the thing I want you to realize is not necessarily the things. I don't want you to think about that. I mean, the things of life are sometimes necessities. But what I want you to think about is what, what was said there. Tonight, Thy soul shall be required of thee. 
Lost man, lost woman. Listen, I want you to think about this. Is this the day that thy soul shall be required of thee? None of us know. None of us have a clue when the day is coming. You know, I don't know about you, but I thank God tonight from the bottom of my heart that I don't know what lies out ahead of me. I believe it would drive me crazy to know what lies out ahead of me. But this one thing I do know, I know death is out there. Now when is it out there? When is it coming? I don't know. But to this young farmer here, God said unto him, Listen, tonight thy soul shall be required of thee. Will this be the day that thy soul is required of thee? And if it is required of thee today, what is your eternity going to be like? Where will your long home be? Ecclesiastes, I believe it is at chapter 12 and verse 5, speaks about our long home. That's your eternal abode. We, my friend, are going to one of two places when we die. The Bible speaks of hell in the book of Luke in chapter 16, verse 19 down through verse 31. It is the place of Hades, a place or state of departed souls. The grave, hell. Guyana is the, the final destination of the unsaved. It is the prison of fallen angels. The abyss is another word that is used. It is the place where the dragon, Satan, will be bound during the millennial kingdom, the reign of Christ. This dragon's name is given in the book of Revelation chapter 9 and verse 11. As whose name in the Hebrew tongue is Abaddon. In the Greek, it is Apollyon. It is destruction and destroyer. That's who is in hell today. That's who's going to be in hell during that time, I mean. Right now, the fallen angels are reserved in chains waiting for that great judgment day. That's what's in hell. And every Christ rejecter that has ever turned their back on Jesus Christ and died in that condition are going to be found in a place called hell. But Lazarus, upon his death, found his place in paradise. He found his place in, in, in the heavenly abode of, of spiritual bliss. You know, you go back and you think about 1 Corinthians in chapter 15. And oftentimes we come to this portion of Scripture. What is found in verse 35 down through verse 38 is something I want you to get a hold of. But some man will say, how are the dead raised up? And remember just a moment ago, I, I spoke of, the, uh, of where the tree falleth, there shall it lie. I want you to listen to this now. What you've planted is going to come up one day. What have you planted unto? Have you planted unto eternal life? 
Or have you planted seeds unto eternal damnation? The Bible say, but some will say, how are the dead raised up and with what body do they come? Thou fool, that which thou sowest is not quickened except it die. And that which thou sowest, thou sowest not that body that shall be, but bear again it may chance of wheat or some other grain. But God, but God giveth it a body as it hath pleased Him. To every seed His own body. Listen, you may hope for the best when you die, but listen, hoping for the best is not going to get it. You may be sitting in this house today and you may be hoping that because you went to church that everything's going to be all right when you do die. You may be sitting in this house today and you may be thinking because your mom and dad were, were devout members of the church that you're going to be all right. Your grandparents. Let me tell you something. You today are responsible for your own life. And I want to ask you this question. In your personal responsibility as a human being, God says, I commend, command men everywhere to repent. I've heard preachers try to dismiss that, that scripture. You can't dismiss the word of God. God says, I command you to repent. Where will you spend eternity? If you was to die right now, where would you live? For all eternity. The third thing I want you to think about today, how does one see the resurrection of the heavens? John 3, 3, the Bible says, Except a man be born again. Brother Jared brought this out last night in, our, in the devotion with the young people. Except a man be born again. Of course, we know how Nicodemus treated that, that word. Here was a chief of the scribes, the Pharisees. Here was a the chief of, of, of the authority of the Word of God, and he said, How in the world can a man such as I, old as I am, be born again? I don't know. I, I don't really believe he was uh, asking the question seriously. I believe there might have been a little sarcasm going on there. How can a man be born again? But what I want you to know is, this is the spiritual side that you need to get a hold of. How can I be born again? How can I have myself ready for that day of death that's coming to all of us? How am I supposed to how am I supposed to make ready for something that's coming to every individual human being upon the face of the earth? Death. You must be born again. You must believe what the Holy Scriptures say. And the Holy Scriptures say that whosoever believeth shall be saved. Amen. For God so loved the world 
Amen. Whosoever believeth in Him shall not perish, but have eternal life. You say, well, that's just a Sunday school. No, that's not just a anything Sunday school. That's God. That's the voice of Jesus Christ Himself. He says, you believe in me, you'll be saved. Yes, it's one of the, the earliest teachings that we give to our children about salvation is how that Jesus Christ loved us and died for us on Calvary. The reason why that I believe God has it in there is so that we can bring our little ones up, nurturing them unto salvation. As it was said to Timothy, that from a youth, Thou hast known the scriptures that are able to make thee wise unto salvation. Friend, I want you to know something today. If you're here and you know the Lord Jesus Christ is your Savior, you need to thank God today that He's given you the grace to believe on the Lord Jesus Christ. Your soul is ready and prepared for death. Our bodies are never prepared for death, are they? Our minds sometimes are never prepared for a time when we want to die. Oh, I've heard people say, I just want to go home. I'm talking about, that's people that most generally are, are, are very old and very sick. And they say, I just want to go home. There's times when God grants them that, that, that final wish for them. But I want you to think about this. Can you say, I just want to go home? I mean, if something was to happen in your life and there was absolutely no hope, could you say, I just want to go home? Folks, I want you to know something. As I've stated here just a moment ago, listen, these scriptures that give the way of life and hope is the way of salvation because death is out there. You must be spared of the wrath to come and you must come to Jesus if you're going to be spared that wrath. You must come to Him today. Yo, I'll go back to Acts for just a moment. The book of Acts, chapter 13. Notice what it says here now. Verse 38 and verse 39, the Bible says, Be it known unto you, therefore, men and brethren. He was talking to his, his, his brethren, his, 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 his members in the humanity, just like I'm doing with you today. He says, Be it known unto you, therefore, men and brethren, that through this man is preached unto you, the forgiveness of sins. And by Him all that believe are justified from all things from which you could not be justified by the law of Moses. Folks, we're here today. You're in the house of God. You're in a place where you've heard the glorious truth of salvation. You've been warned of the judgment to come. You've been warned that death is coming to one and all regardless of age, regardless of health, regardless of gender, regardless of all these things, rich or poor, it does not matter. Death is coming. Are you ready for that day? 
Are you ready for the day when your life shall cease to be? Just like my brother-in-law was. He never got up that morning thinking, this is the day I'm going to go see my Savior. He didn't see that, did he? Listen, he, he went out, he went to work, and he... He got started getting sick and just within seconds, within, just within minutes. All it was was a time for, for, for my brother-in-law Bub to come from, I don't know, 150 feet, 200 feet to get to where Raymond was. Raymond took his last breath and he was in glory. Folks, we don't know when that time's coming. You don't know when that time's going to be coming knocking at your door. The thing of it is, is to be ready when that time comes. And I'm satisfied that Raymond was ready. Saved. Listen, I want you to know something. Being saved is not everything. I believe a saved individual needs to be a servant in the Lord too. I believe if you're saved by the grace of God, people ought to know it around you. You ought to live that life. Be pleasing unto the Master. But the one thing that you have to know is that you're redeemed by the blood of the Lamb because death's coming and no man can stay it. May God help us today to see that. May God help you today to realize just because you're young doesn't mean you're safe from death. Just because you're in perfect health does not mean you're safe from death. Just because you've got everything going on doesn't mean you're safe. Because God says death's coming. Your days are numbered. And you know, when I was preaching a funeral here of a dear old lady, I think she's 90, upper 90s. And I brought a message about how we ought to number our days. You see, 90 years old is is nothing compared to eternity. Sister Mildred Claxton turned 96 yesterday. What a blessing that lady has been. But do you realize her 96 years is not even a drop in the bucket of the ocean compared to eternity? Are you ready for eternity? That's what you need to know. I'm ready for eternity. Let's all.